Welcome to Profitable Powerhouse Properties with the AHI Group. I am Jonathan Cook. And I'm Brian Jenkins. And today, we have some special guests. Richard, Jason, you are with uh, BIG, or the Birmingham Insurance Group. Why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit? I guess I'll lead off here. I'm Richard Davis, uh, Richard Bird Davis. I like to play on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we've been, uh, I started out back in 05 in the insurance industry with a publicly traded company. Uh, was acquired by a larger publicly traded company and uh, kind of developed uh, that expertise handling an, um, a few different property managers and uh, real estate uh, just in general. And so, you know, it's been exciting for us to launch this agency. We launched back in July and uh, we have hit the ground running and we partnered up with AHI and are just full open here having a ball uh, place and coverage. Yeah, the beautiful thing is they're in house. I mean, they are downstairs from. Our yeah, they house. are. We are so, downstairs right now. Yeah, we sure are. <clears throat> we uh, we are recording from in house in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama today. Uh, we made it back from Memphis. That was a fun trip, Brian. We we did, and there was one Elvis sighting. Just one. Well, he was out delivering filters. He was trying to. Yes, he okay. was doing so his best. So we did. Did catch a glimpse of him. Fort <clears throat> Graceland, that was fun. That was great. Yeah. We, we saw the planes. That ate some good neat. barbecue. Man, we ate a awesome. lot of good yeah. barbecue. Well, you ate more than some people. I ate more than <laughs> most people, as a matter of fact. Um, but, so today, listeners, we're, we're going to be talking about insurance. We, we've had a great time, but we're, we're back. We're back to Birmingham. We're back to business. Back on the um, home turf. Back on home turf. And uh, Big is, they're, they're, they're a sister company. They're, yeah. they're connected. You've heard their ad play on our episodes, as a matter of fact. These are those guys. Yeah, well, let's get Hello. to Jason. We didn't oh, Jason. Jason. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Last but not least. Well, Jason's important. <laughs> he's, he's got the most Alabama-sounding voice. Yeah, so that's great. Right. Uh, Jason Henderson. I've uh, been doing this about 18 years. Work for small shops, big shops. You started no. pretty young. I, th- I thought I you were like 28. Man. I'm old. I wish I would. I appreciate it. <laughs> 58, maybe. <laughs> Uh, Richard and I crossed paths a couple of years ago. It was kind of a God thing when all the stars aligned for us to launch big again. Like he said, super excited to be here. We've got great synergy, communication, uh, just a lot of deals going with our sister companies, deals that we already had in the works, and relationships and contracts to be able to help all of our clients. So just, just real happy to be here. That's great. So let's talk about insurance, guys. That's a key part of owning anything and living and Having a car and that's right. getting to your work or doing anything. It's just security. Yeah. Uh, this this kind of goes. Not. Transfer I, of risk. <laughs> Some people call it a necessary yeah. evil. It yeah. is. <laughs> and this, this, this is going along with some of the stuff that we've talked about before. It's hand in hand with preventative maintenance, but this isn't maintenance. This is risk management. And, and we kind of, you can see it on our website, I and mean, we kind of refer to it, hey, we're, we're protecting your income, your assets, your employees. So again, it, it, like Richard said, it's a transfer of risk. Yeah. For a holistic for a, risk management, enterprise risk management. Yeah. I mean, you looking at all angles, uh, where what puts your your dollars at risk. And 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 we do, we do more than sell you a piece of paper. Anybody with an insurance license, and trust me, it's not hard to get one. Can sell you a policy. So again, we pride ourselves on the holistic approach. Really, just kind of uncovering the risks, giving you options. Uh, being always conscious of your budget, 
So there's a lot that goes involved before we put a proposal on the table, but right. we, we try to do the best job we can. It's, it's a total team effort. It's not Jason's account or Richard's. It's Birmingham Insurance Group. So there's a lot of eyes on it, a lot of experience, yep. a lot of ears. So we, we try to do the best job. Yeah, we always think that there's uh, a tremendous amount of value to throwing those flags out for the owner investor on the front end because we pride ourselves in being able to do that. And it's just identified, just straight, be a straight shooter. And most people appreciate that. So that's what I like about these guys. We've been dealing with them since they opened up shop. And, uh, guys, we've just had a great great run with them so far. So looking forward to everything we're going to be doing. But we'll need to dive into a few products and yeah. uh, and just talk about some things as we go forward throughout the, throughout the uh, podcast today. Yeah, and as much as I do want to soon get to kind of the topics at hand, just talking about what y'all do and just the risks inherent in, in owning any property and, and kind of – the stuff that insurance is going to cover, whether it's you guys or anybody, but but people that listen to us aren't necessarily just our clients. You're, right. y- y'all are able to cover people. It doesn't matter who's their property manager is. It doesn't matter That's right. where they are. I mean, y'all, y'all can exactly cover right. y'all can cover everyone listening. We've got clients correct? from Israel to you know all over the West Coast. Right. And everywhere in between. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we, we, and you guys can offer coverage in all 50 states. That's, that's right. right. You know, we, we cover that's right. I will say right now there's some unique, uh, you know, New York might be a oh, bit of a challenge. Yeah, but, a challenge. Uh, California's that. a little bit right. of an no. issue sometimes, yeah. and we've got clients in California. Yeah. yeah. I hear Florida's the big issue. It can not, be. Yeah. yeah no, really? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I would guess from the investment property side, I don't know what you guys see. We're not seeing as much Florida property really right now. See more money coming out of Florida, right? Yeah, than that's going true. Back in, so yeah, that's just from our standpoint. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and so I just wanted to make sure that the listeners know that I mean, you don't have to use AHI that's properties exactly to right. have you guys cover. Them. Birmingham that's Insurance right. Group can cover you no matter where you are, that's no matter right. who you're using, even if it's not even just an investment property, even if it's individual that's coverage. Right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. Everybody so we, can use you guys. Anyway, I, I don't know what that's, point we'll That's kind of been the beauty of, as we've introduced clients, we've got clients that have come to us and maybe we're managing one property for them in Birmingham and then they've got a scattering of property across the country. And yeah. that's where the value, they can put everything under one policy and uh, you know, just be a value to them. That's right. We'll talk about it a little bit. But it's not a, we've got the master policy program, which makes right. it so much easier. You can schedule properties on, schedule them off, combine billing. I mean, we'll get into the details in a minute, yeah. but instead of having an individual property on this this house or this property, this apartment complex in this state, and by the time you look up, you go, I've got 12 policies with seven different renewal dates and billing coming sure. at me every month. It's, it's, it's our process and, and our program is so much more streamlined. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and I know this is one of the things that I've heard a lot recently. Uh, just earlier today, I was talking to a potential new client that was talking about bringing in properties, and I was telling him, AHI's personal standpoint on our policies for insurance coverage and what they had to, our, our minimums that they had to cover. Um, and we'll get a little bit further into that in a second. But they they were just saying, oh, well, I mean, I can use my insurance guy. And it was just whoever was his current that's the standard, insurance. That is the standard answer. I'll that say. is the standard yeah. answer. It well, is. It's, right. uh, it's, path of, it's that natural tendency for the path of least resistance. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's what well, they're comfortable with. It's what they know. Well, it's those known relationships. That's right. right. So that's, right. that's that's where we want to open that up a little bit and say, hey, these guys are good at what they're doing, well, but can we're, we, we can also do this. Yeah. We're really can we explain different, different investment services. coverage and why that's different from just standard? What, yeah, I, mean, I, I have insurance on my house. What, what's, what is the insurance difference on an investment property coverage yeah, than it sure. is on what I have? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll, they, I'll let Richard take that. 
We'll share it, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. But, but I mean, if He's from a 40,000-foot view, you're looking at uh, policies that are designed, one, for not just protecting and, and ensuring the structure and the permanently attached equipment and appliances. So if you live in your house, you've got much more at stake because everything in it, all the contents are yours too. Yeah. So you're going you're gonna to need a homeowner policy that's a personalized policy designed with many bells and whistles because in this day and age, I mean, as we all know, every industry is competitive. Insurance is that way. We've got the Geico's and the state farms and farmers and all states and everybody. And so they're adding uh, uh, a lot of coverage that's not necessary when it comes to an investment property. On the investment property, you're really dealing with you want your house, the, the investment property insured, whether, however you're looking at it, whether you're concerned primarily with meeting your lender's requirements or if you're really thinking it through and realize that, hey, if this house were to burn down, what am I going to have to replace to get it back up and cash flowing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the name of the game. And so, that's, that's the big issue. That, that, that is the most important focus for our listeners and most of our clients is, is the cash flow right. aspect of it. And that that's the big which is not always bottom dollar. I'll no. just point that out. Because I'd, I'd sit in on the class a couple of years ago through NARPM, I believe it was, that we had, uh, might have been where I first met uh, Arcana. We were talking about, we were talking about a couple of unknown expenses you might have. Let's say, let's say there's a house fire, let's say part of the home was damaged. And then city comes in and say, oh, by the way, you've got to bring this house up to code. Now that you're rebuilding exactly. it, right? So you're pulling permits. Sure. And then that might be an exclusion in your current policy. Okay. Yeah, ordinance or law coverage. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing that was brought up was what about debris removal? Yep, demolition and demolition. debris removal. Right. So That's right. Just, I just kind of want to focus on all those unexpected things that you don't want to be the guy who's finding that out on the back end of it. I'd rather educate our listeners on the front end. That's so right. And we kind of like to say, hey, the worst time to find out I don't have coverage or limited coverage or, hey, it, on page 187 in the back, I thought I had coverage, yeah. is when we have the claim. Yeah. Like Brian That's said, right. hey, hit that up front. I mean, talk about what it covers, the, the potential costs, you know, the whole bit. But we'd rather have that conversation up yeah. front, too. That's somebody, right. Maybe an option. Somebody can choose to cover it or take it or but at least they're given the opportunity that's right that's and right. you guys are it's, able to give somebody an opportunity yeah, to, we can to give guidance on that yeah. that's right that's right uh, and going back to the original question i mean really at the end of the day the difference in a program that's designed for investment properties and a personalized homeowner's policy is just the volume and the amount of coverage that you're given and you're going to pay for that so when you're buying a personalized policy like your homeowner's policy sure. that you as a listener is probably already you know, paying for, you know, built into that premium, those, they don't give you anything for free. Nothing's for free. So those extra coverages are going to cost you. So these programs are tailored for the investor's needs, and, and then they cut it off there. So it's so, not like the free milkshakes we got earlier. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The free milkshakes. But Somebody pay for those milkshakes, Brian. Yeah, that's right. Nothing, nothing, nothing free. And when the time is right, we can dovetail into it, but you can start to address those coverages in terms of contents and other things with the placement of a renter's policy, and that will then help protect that tenant. And then there's some benefits, obviously, um, that come with that that renter policy having liability coverage for you as the investor, uh, protecting yourself, kind of adding a layer of insulation from from the risk, which is claims. And and I I know you guys provide tenant insurance as well, so that's that's another another thing that anybody listening that's, that's 
even if they're not with us, I, I like to say that because not everybody yeah. chooses us to be their property manager. Or us too. Is the insurance? Sure. Brokers. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's, there's people that, that I suggest not use us from time to time about specific properties, just then, during just areas that we don't cover or property strategies that we don't really well, let's, handle. Let's talk strategy in regard to renter's insurance just as a small segment. We'll that's, that's what I was dive all to. the way into it, but I'm just saying best practice from our standpoint with a professional property management company, doing audits within the software. A lot of the software systems now have built-in audits. Information's retained, collected, retained in the software, and we're able to pull up and, and determine the software will drive it off of expiration date. So it, tell, it tells us who's expiring in the next 30 days. And then you couple that with within your lease agreement, there's a stipulation that if you have expired insurance, don't provide us a copy of your coverage of your current insurance, yeah. then we're able to fine you for that. Absolutely. So so that's, that's the enforcement clause within the lease. And a lot of people and individual landlords don't think about that. And even a lot of property management and, companies don't. And that's where I was getting to, is if the person listening to us isn't using us in our lease, it's, it's, an, it's something that they need to consider when they're leasing to someone, I mean that—that's the point. Of, that's the name of the game: is having Absolutely. a tenant in there. Right. When you put a tenant in there, make sure that they have tenant insurance. Same reason why at least gap. Alabama it's law that you have to have auto insurance, you know, to yeah, drive right. on the road. I mean, if you have a tenant in your house, you know, renting from you, you want tenant insurance. Well, you the argument amongst at least property, liability coverage. The, the argument amongst property managers that I've listened to over the years has been, "What well, do you?" Do you enforce it? And if you don't, there's that uh, thought process. If you say, yes, I'm going to enforce it, but then I miss something, then I'm going to be liable. Right. Okay. So a lot of property management firms will err on that side versus the monitoring and fining and ensuring that they have that piece. And that's their yeah. concern about the risk associated with yeah, the monitoring. Yeah, because we, just like, I, I could give you a lot of different examples, but we just had a kitchen fire. I was about to ask you about this. Yeah, we just had a kitchen fire that actually was tenant-related, tenant tenant-fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, whose insurance would cover No that? insurance. There was no insurance in place. So Ooh. then the investor's property policy right. would property kick Property policy in. kicked in. So they had a high deductible because they're a yep. big investor and they're coming out of pocket for a large amount of money. So if... The tenant had had tenant insurance, it had been their fault, they caused a kitchen fire. What would have happened? So, and that's a great question. From a holistic general perspective, as a good insurance agent, uh, a licensed agent, we should say, you, you always need to reference your policy to really know what would happen. But speaking in general, so that's the canned answer, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the canned, that's, that's the legally Always refer to your policy. That's right. But, I've got uh, a lot of those. Everybody knew those today. Everybody right? reads those, not really. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was wise and did a little reviewing of some policies before we came in here today. And so looking at it, they, they do limit some of, uh, of that liability coverage. So it doesn't mean that anything the tenant does, the $100,000 in liability that that tenant policy sure. has, doesn't mean that that's always going to just step up and pay. Yeah. But uh, for anything involving fire, explosion, smoke... Explosion. Yeah, explosion. So, <laughs> I, don't know, I haven't had that yet. Yeah. I'm knocking on the yeah, we don't. Right. I'm sorry. That, that needed a full oh. stop for a second. Oh. Fire, fire. Okay. Explosion. Well, if you'd like to, uh, uh, on a side note, the insurance industry, read policies, it's drama filled, right? I mean, they're some of the worst things because they, they basically <laughs> have to detail what's excluded. So, 
explodes or included in some cases. And so right. Well, let's just make it clear. An insurance policy is basically a contract of exclusions. If you yeah. really want that's to right. add that, okay. I mean, right. it, it really is. Yeah. You see your coverage is on the first three or four pages, and, and but in the other 100 or 200 exactly. is what's not covered. Yeah. So that's so back, right. Back to Richard's point. That's exactly <laughs> right, though. So, so yeah, we don't it, cover general, explosions. If you, you know, happen to have a nuke go off in your house, that's on you, man. <laughs> if, <laughs> Could be. if the tenant was responsible Unless for it. Unless they pay yeah. for it. Yeah, that's put right. that in their policy. That's right. But so you're going to, th- those are the primary things that are going to be covered. Is some sort of damage caused by the tenant, especially almost every policy is going to cover anything related to fire from that perspective. And we're okay. talking from a liability perspective. Yeah, going back to fire marshal reports, uh, hey, it's obvious she left a pot on the stove. That's right. right. That's right. He or she yeah. did. And, yeah. So, so, so the more uh, and that's general damage. basic stuff, knock on wood, should be covered. If you get okay. into some fringe stuff or they're doing something they weren't supposed to, but the normal run-of-the-mill that's right. property damage or somebody got injured should, yeah, with so quotes, be covered and in a staying in the same vein where we're at now and in the same lane, I guess. So if they're having a barbecue and their buddy comes over and drinks one too many and falls off the deck and hurts himself... That, that that too can go back against the that's the exactly policy. right. Yeah. That's right. That's one hundred percent. And that's right. the layer of protection. Sure. That's the layer. They, if they didn't have that insurance policy, it's going to come back on the homeowner's policy. Mostly. That's right. So, there, well, right. So though there's a hundred thousand dollar limit of liability coverage within that, uh, it's not just to pay whatever the resulting damages are, but also uh, it, it steps up to defend right. you as the investor. So your oh, tenants, really? your renters' policy right. will defend not only the renter. But also the investor, wow. the owners, the owner on behalf. That's a key piece. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so look for defense cost okay. included in the yeah. policy or in the language. That's what you want to look yeah, for. Yeah, because I don't know if any of you guys pay attention, but every time I'm on the highway, oh, yeah. on the interstate, how many billboards do you see for personal injury attorneys? You I'm mean like, crazy? Uh, Not just now, Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or Georgia. Yeah, I I, hey, everywhere. I've seen Louisiana. I've seen, I've seen a bunch of. I've seen but, a lot of signs that were upside down. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's like, how can you pay me? So to your point, Brian, on the. The uh, the liability, whether it's a hundred thousand, like Richard said, or you got half a million or a million, whatever your limit is, that covers bodily injury and property damage. That's right. If if you, the tenant or the renter, whoever, were deemed at fault, okay. so that that's what it, thir- third party bodily injury. So okay. in your case, hey, somebody comes over, a buddy, he's a third party because he's not living there. Somebody comes over to mm. service, you know, the air conditioning unit. That's a third party. So that's when that policy, the the liability portion, will kick in. Yeah. We, and things that might not be covered would be like intentional, right? So if they are intentionally tor- like arson, okay, right? So Correct. the tenant policy is not going to step up and cover sure. that, or anything uh, illegal, yeah, patent, you know, that's right. That's where explosions come in. Those are explicitly excluded. bathtub explosions. So <laughs> yeah, so we had a we had a situation where one of our uh, maintenance guys was out. Maintenance coordinator was out. Tenant just moved out of the property. Just happened not too long ago. Oh, I, I know, know, you know you know which one. I do know. So ovens cranked to max. Doors open. All the burners on the stove are turned on. It's electric stove, but everything's glowing cherry red, right? He walks in. It's hot in the house. And then he looks, he shuts everything down, and he looks at the cabinet above the stove, and it's got, like, oven cleaner and a bunch of aerosol oh, cans. Yeah, and I'm like, man, it could have been, so bad. been your explosion, been bad. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it could have led to that. Yeah. They were trying to burn it down, it sounds like. That's, that's and, what he's like. Are they trying to burn the house? That's yeah. And, Ken, that's, that's where I'm trying to get to eventually was, was risk management. You and I were talking about this the other day. And that's going to be, for investors, that's a, another thing that Brian and I talk about when, when we talk about classifications of properties, A, B, C, D, F grade properties. 
is there like it's pretty clear what we've seen anecdotally it's going to be your c grade properties your d grade f grade properties that are going to have more of these types of claims types of claims sure they're they're burnt down more often they yep. are just left aerosol well, the level, a, level of care what we hear in Memphis it was I stay here yeah I, I don't stay live here, here I stay here right yeah and right. people and, treat things differently when it's not theirs right, that's right like sure. I tell my daughter it's easy to spend somebody else's money if it's not my property I'm not going to take as or if you're paying seven hundred dollars a month as right. opposed to right. seven thousand yeah, dollars a month yeah. yeah it's definitely but the statistics would, the, the, the stats would bear that out yes yeah the, the C or F or whatever properties would tend to have more claims would you tell a Investor that has mostly C grade properties that they need to have stronger coverage, or that would be a good recommendation. I mean, we it, really from a best practices perspective, though, everybody should have it. Yes, yeah, sure. just so let's take this opportunity to spin back to the original question. I think we didn't hit upon it when we talked about the difference between investor okay. versus owner occupant, mm-hmm. right? Uh, homeowner's policy. So let's dive into that liability piece and what, what those differences are typically between a mainline carrier and an investment product. From a liability perspective? Yeah, from the liability. Liability limits specifically. Yeah, so, okay, so more commonly, and I'm guessing this is more also what you want to allude to, but is uh, you're going to see smaller limits, lower limits. It's not as un- less common, I guess. And depending on the, the homeowner form and the market that you're buying it from, but you'll see more of the one hundred or uh, or $300,000 liability limit. You might see 500000 But And we're yeah. talking about the, the owner-occupant policy. The owner-occupant yeah, policy. Yeah, more common yeah. on that front. Yeah, I was going to say, what for, we see most, most of the time for those mainline characters, carriers excuse yeah. me, is either 300000 and then some of the bigger guys will have five hundred. Right. right. And that's, that's about it. That's typically it. where you max out on the homeowner's policy. Right, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. And from just our experience and... and Litigation as it is. Well, let me let me clarify that because okay. back to what you just said. Uh-huh. So, and kind of dialing in, that's that's the carrier offering a landlord type policy right. to the investor. That's I'm not just necessarily talking about the owner occupant policy, okay. but I'm talking right. about those mainline carriers offering a landlord policy to an investor that's gone out and purchased it, and whoever they have insurance with, that, that's the one. Hey, let me pick up the phone, call my agent, and add this property. Right. Okay. And that's generally because those those carriers really aren't in that market in that niche. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a ancillary offering that they have for like let's compare it to if you go out and buy a collectible car. Yeah, that's they'll they'll be able to add that maybe to your your personal auto policy if you own a you know a whatever and you go buy some other car. But that doesn't mean that that market is looking for you to bring another. 10 homes to them so sure. they'll they'll appease the one but they're going to limit the coverage because that limits their risk right. from the insurance company's perspective and then you're going <clears> to <throat> probably have a little higher premium uh, especially when you add in the contents and the property side of it and, and, and so in our industry or for for our product for the product that's a uh, it's a literally commercial policy uh, it's designed to give you what from a commercial perspective, because litigation, especially on the commercial side, the numbers just tend to, to creep up. And so it's standard, a million per occurrence, two million aggregate. And that means at the most that any one claim in your annual policy period can uh, that they'll pay on your behalf is a million dollars, but you could have two $1 million claims. You have up to $2 million okay. available in that 12 months, but the most they'll pay out in any one claim is a million. So, so that's, that's just a, protecting... The investor so much higher. That's, than that's having, right. 
so-and-so from Allstate. And I was going to segue into that, Brian, to your comment. If somebody is a new investor, and I'll just use a couple names, they've got a Geico or a State Farm or Allstate, and like Richard said, hey, they've got their main house and they add one or two properties because they're getting into the investment space. They'll do it probably as a concession, but what you'd have to look out for, like Richard says, the limits are so much higher on, on our type policy or program but back to the to the traditional state farms and that sort of thing, the more properties you add, it may limit your coverage. You may be sharing okay. coverage between the two or three properties now as opposed That's to right. your main home. So if you only have you may be giving up coverage, you, but it's potentially. on it may three be, houses. It may, that's right. You may go from your main home. Now I've got my main house, you know, where my family lives, sure. and two rental properties, and I had, say, half a million. Now I've got half a million shared between the three. A lot of people, again, yeah. if you're not in the insurance space or insurance agents, yeah. may think, oh, hey, I've got great limits. But you need to look at the fine detail right. and, and make you, sure it's not, not a shared limit. When you see that sharing of a limit, that's, I'm sure you, most listeners have heard of an umbrella policy, but that's when you would start to entertain, uh, you know, wisely so, an umbrella policy. But Which is uh, what I've done all these years is yeah. add a you know, couple million dollars in umbrella. So there's more coverage. premium out right. of your pocket that right. you have to factor in. Right. So versus... So we represent multiple carriers. We're not limited to just one market for one. So we have a variety of different carriers that have appetites for the investor program and portfolios. It just depends on are they A, B, C, D, E, F grade, and then are they in those states that you know, you're looking to be in. But some of their policies vary, but the one that we really like to use, and we're just going to kind of keep names out of it for... Just to protect the innocent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but so they do a per location liability limit. So, what's beautiful about that is for each property that you that you add to your program, investor program portfolio, each of those properties has their independent standalone liability limits of a million, oh, nice. two million. So it's called per location, and and with that, it's it's up to the buyer's risk appetite, the investor's appetite for risk, but. Generally speaking, you know, an umbrella might not be necessary at that point. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we want to tell you about one of our preferred partners, Rootstock. So what if there was an investing platform that allowed you to collect passive income and generate average annualized returns of over 8% in markets across the U.S., not just the ones in your backyard? With Rootstock.com, you can buy, sell, and own investment properties the way the pros do it and start earning passive income right away. So don't wait. Reach out to them today and get started on Rootstock.com. So I, I was just going to say, kind of like Richard, <clears throat> really kind of keep it simple. So each property has its own tower or silo of coverage. So a million for this one, a million for this one. So if you've got 10 properties, in theory, you could have $10 million worth of coverage. That's right. Because, again, each, each, each address, each location has its own separate limits, which is huge. Really, yeah, that's that's yeah. really huge. That's right. That's so, right. All right. So let's uh, let's segue to the. Uh, go ahead. One other thing before go. we lose that subject. Another benefit of separating business versus pleasure, right? Your personal versus your professional, uh, your business is that any losses that occur in your rental properties, if they're also being insured through the same carrier that's insuring your homeowners, your personal stuff, then that then that those losses may impact your rate on your personal properties. Right. So for um, years to come, I'm sure. That's right. Yeah. So you're 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 building you know, you're kind of separating creating that division. Yeah, so you've got your tenants that could affect your homeowners, hey getting canceled, my rates Ooh. tripling or whatever. Yeah. And, and unfortunately we've seen that. Yeah. And we get it. New investor, I'll just add these 
to my homeowner's policy to save money. It's yeah. easy. I've got the relationship like you talked about. But as you get bigger, you, you learn, your portfolio grows, you really need to, to separate that, kind of have that that, that, that risk. Yeah, kind of something you touched on also. The, sure. uh, something I've seen personally, uh, guys, we had insurance with one provider for years, and then my, my kids started driving, and we, uh, we had to change. <laughs> um, but, but what I would say is that if you have claims against that, so this is say you have your rental properties under that, that same carrier, and you've got claims against those, you're likely to have a problem with your, your main Right, your main coverage on your primary residence. If you've That's got right. claims on the rental property, right. so. and it, it may impact your auto, or yeah. I mean, it's so they so not just some premiums; they can drop you. That's, that's right. what happened. And to that's us. that's, yeah. uh, that's right. one of the words exactly. that I kept hearing. Uh, Jason was saying they they they'll do concessions. It's yeah. like all right, that's that's like. Yeah. In real estate, when we'll I say concessions, that. that's that's some, doing someone a favor. That's that's, that's like right. we fine, we will take this house and put it under us as a favor. That's the way they're looking at those, right. right? I mean, if you're just using a Geico or a State Farm or somebody that we're going to protect their name for innocence, who who cares? You get the point. Yeah. They're, they're that's, taking, right. they're, that's not what they want. They don't want to yeah. cover your insurance or your your uh, your your investment properties. That's not a thing that they're doing. They want toward. your personal lines. They that's want right. your personal stuff. So they don't yeah. even want it, but you that's guys right. do. So this, right. this used the same carrier that you were referring to earlier to where you guys are, are offering their coverages, okay? Yeah. So let's, let's dial in on the loss of rent and kind of talk, let's speak to what that looks like yeah. term-wise, kind of how that, yeah. how that works, how that's important to a landlord. It might have a situation where a tenant has to move out of a property that's right. while the property's being repaired or whatnot, or, or maybe that to terminate a lease due to damage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that uh, the, the, I would say the lead horse, the horse that we lead in with in our preferred market, uh, one of the beautiful things about it is it includes loss of rents in your policy. So it's, it's not, you don't have to say the amount and then prove it. Um, it just caps it at $75,000 in a 12-month period for any one property. And again, so, yeah, that's back to the silo, too, right? That's right. That's, per so, property. that's correct. So, I mean, I think uh-huh. we'd all agree if you've got somebody bringing in, paying you 75000 in rental income for one property, that's pretty, pretty, nice. pretty yeah, darn. That's, that's a nice, darn nice property. It's nice. <laughs> we don't see a lot of those, uh, if any. But, uh, but, no, so what it's you know, designed to do, as long as whatever has caused the, uh, the damage to the house that has forced the, the rental income to stop coming in for whatever reason, whether it's been evicted or they, you're having to supplement it in some other way to cover moving them somewhere else or what might happen. This is, it, it's designed to pay you that loss of income as long as it's a covered cause of loss. Right. So as long as it's basically not excluded. Well, just to be clear, so you just mentioned eviction. So I just want to be clear. It doesn't cover the, if somebody's not paying and we have to evict them. Right. I didn't so, mean eviction. Yeah. I meant where if... You had to terminate the contract because, let's say, the reconstruction period right. of like the, the house, like the fire, right? right. right. Yeah. So I just want—I no, I could, I could almost yes. see somebody's ears going, "What?" Yeah. He just said, "Now we will get someone and just get paid for free." No, 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 we no, do no. have products so, uh, that are that are for tenants pass away. Um, there are products oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, we've had a few of those situations. Right. Um, the so there are some other products out there that are more unique. I think we're probably keeping this conversation a little more yeah. simple for the time being. But that's good to know that, that that type of product's out there, though. That's right. So, that's exactly right. Because that situation does occur occasionally. Yeah. yeah. I, I think in you know all my years, I think we've had it happen three times. So, Yeah. Yep. Logic would have it. So, yeah. I mean, um, 
Yeah, that's. But from the loss of rents, I mean, that's what it's designed to do is to to continue protecting that cash flow. So that rental income will be paid to you through your insurance company because they agreed via contract to cover that. Yeah. Um, as long as the cause of loss is covered by the policy, which is basically all perils except those that are excluded. Most commonly, <laughs> you're talking about earthquake, flood, uh, intentional acts. Terrorism is an option to elect it, and it's always a little bit expensive. Uh, most people do not go for the terrorism coverage, sure. but uh, but in general. So another thing that comes up pretty regularly is water. Yeah. Yes. So groundwater versus you know sewer backup right. that sort of thing can we touch upon that for the sure. you know for the investors yeah yeah so, so yeah. i'll take that so if it's groundwater or mudslides or flood you know that doesn't come from say inside the house mm-hmm. you, you you have to get a flood policy and we offer that and most everybody you know that sells commercial insurance can offer you a flood policy and who who really needs that is that just something that you need if you're in a flood zone well what if you're in a flood zone and either your lender or the bank or you know somebody's requiring you to have it then then, then you have to have it yeah sure um it's if you don't if you're not in a flood zone or lender's not requiring it you're funding your your properties in a different mechanism or whatever you can choose not to have it but you can elect to to have it if you yeah yeah, yeah it doesn't have so to, yeah yeah because we had this example just down the street from our office yeah. uh, get the name of the subdivision where it flooded out and it was not considered in the flood zone right. until they remapped it was right so yeah, I was going to say FEMA has been updating their yeah. their yeah. flood zone maps right now and it's all across the country yeah we had issues like twice in I don't know yeah probably 14, 15 month yeah. period yeah. that whole subdivision flooded out. Water. Yeah, and and typically flood is the rates are set by the federal government. So whether you buy it from us or, you know, farmers or whomever, the rates are the rates of the rates. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. But again, I could confuse you with the flood map and the flood zone or whatever. So yeah, even if you're not required it, you can buy flood coverage. Right. Because if if in that case right there, most yeah. people in that neighborhood didn't have it. I'm sure they did. And they were their their house had four feet of water. Right. They were just show out of luck, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, so that's really? a bad situation to be in. Again, transfer that risk for, say, pick a number, $400 a year, whatever. It's oh. typically not very expensive. I can remember being being a brand-new real estate agent, and one of the first things that I was told, like, when you're looking at properties for, for, for buyers, if it's if it's in a flood floodplain, make sure they don't even buy the house because you, that the reason why not is not because the house might flood. It was always because you don't want them to have to pay that insurance. Oh, wow, it's, yeah. It's additional yeah. cost. Huh? Yeah, it's, just, yeah. Oh, it's additional cost. you gotta, you got to yeah. add that in. And so it's like... I mean that's the mentality. If someone if someone's buying an investment property and, yeah. and they're talking, it definitely like, needs to be like part of your due diligence like step. It definitely from, from the investor standpoint, even if it's not in a flood plain, yes, that's that's one of the things that I want. Because you're talking, to look at other stuff than just what you are required to do. That's right. That's right. We're trying to set all, all of our listeners up in a position that if they came to us or anybody else, everything like we want them to be ready to go and have all these that we're trying to d- discuss all those little potholes that they might run into. We don't well, want to have to explain to them afterwards. And one thing we do well, is you didn't do, do this and so you screwed exactly. up. Sorry. So we do a thorough review of, of your needs and your budget, where the property's located, city, state or whatever. We always put out options customer doesn't have to buy them but we might recommend this or that or a or b mm-hmm. and if we've done our due diligence and you can kind of a la carte what you've got to have sure. or, and you could be insurance poor too let's just go ahead and throw that out Absolutely. there i mean yeah. you could spend so much money on this insurance and yep. that insurance and you, not, you're just trying to sell me insurance. property anymore yeah. well, so. especially when i'm thinking you know we're, we're most of these properties what bring in 
$750 to $1,100 a month in rental income. It just depends on what class. Kind of it does, it depends on, that, that's, that's probably a C-grade property. That's, okay. That's All right. Something that I want to talk about is, is classification. Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely what we Which would we, consider. Yeah, we defined them on an earlier episode. We did. So, and let's, um, so, so at that, though, let's say that somewhere around a thousand bucks, thousand to fifteen hundred bucks for in between the CB range, perhaps. Yeah. If that house is probably going to the replacement cost insurance for it, is probably going to range somewhere around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the the insurance piece, and that's going to end up being somewhere around six to eight hundred dollars in, in premium for sure. just your insurance policy for the for the dwelling. And then you're going to look at also the flood policy. It's probably going to be about the same. So what I'm getting at is those numbers are eating at your cash flow pretty heavily yeah. if you start tacking them yeah. on. So most commonly we'll see the flood placed when it's, when it's required on the front end by the lender. And we've seen it where it bites people in the rear when they don't know that until they've already closed. And, uh, or they're in the closing process. Right. Yeah. Same investor might take that same example take the $800 per month and say, hey, well, I can bank I can bank 12 months and uh, just have it in reserve. They're not necessarily always going to do that because they're spending right. on yeah. something else. That's, yeah, it's smart to do Yeah, the mindset's there. No, most, yeah. people, most people don't have the, uh, the, the, you the, know, where, the fortitude yeah. to, to self-insure, right. if we will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they spend, they'll spend it on something else. So. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. do do recommend you do your due diligence on the front end and just check you know, know your market, right? Know your market, yeah. that's right. Know your market. Know where you're buying. Because that's going to dictate flood, coastal, yeah. wind, quake, you know, every, right. hail, um, everywhere. Every, different every region of the country. hazards all over. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. In that's Birmingham, right. we've got tornadoes. Every, tornadoes and hail. Every few weeks, there's some crazy tornadoes or some hail storms. Although the apparently, uh, hurricanes. Uh, earthquakes are cranking up around uh, the southeast. Yeah. Right? yeah. What? I've yet to feel one myself. Well, I don't same. want anybody to get hurt, but I want to feel one. Uh, <laughs> sure. I really I'm do. I'd yeah. like to feel. That, that seems like it'd be interesting. I was in Washington State. I'm sure our California listeners are like, what are you talking about? They're terrifying. Sorry, we don't say we're not meaning it lightly, by the way. One one night, which was pretty minimal, but it was it was freaked me out a little bit because yeah. I'd never yeah. never experienced well, one. Like, so. I've had it's the earth going. I don't. I'm not happy with yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's the whole thing. You know, know. Your yeah. there, you know. Fascinating. <laughs> now, Brian, you, there was a two part to your thing. So one was like flood and groundwater. The other was sewer um, backup, sewer backup yes. and, and that sort of thing. So uh, burst pipes, sewer that's right. Backup, that's right. Uh, or, or in a lot of cases, uh, it'll, it'll happen where hey, the city or the county, whoever's working on the streets. And then they they're doing something to upgrade their sewer system, and it pushes wa- water and other stuff through the pressure, say up your toilet, and then it floods your house and warps the hardwoods or whatever. I was so in, I was in a neighborhood, and the fire department had to come and flush out all the all the, uh, the fire hydrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, the amount of damage that that did to that entire neighborhood. Yeah. I get it because they're trying to keep from burning the neighborhood down. Hey, we got you covered. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to protect the house by damaging it. Appreciate that. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, that's excluded. So people might not think, they think, oh, hey, the toilet's overflowing, no fault of my own. Hey, Mm -hmm. like I said, the fire truck's out there. They caused it. Eh, Sorry. And there's, and I'm talking, you can spend thousands upon thousands of dollars between foundation leaks. Uh, which you know we're looking at talking about groundwater intruding upon the space, causing right. mold mildew issues, yeah. sewer backup. We've seen that whole house backups to where 
that's coming out, and then you're having to deal with sewage yeah, in the clean up, you first, get yeah. clean up, warped hardwoods, carpeting, oh right. yeah, all yeah. kinds of yeah. sheetrock damage, Surf that sort of thing. Go. And so. uh, I personally have had, I've had a house where we actually had a supply line break inside the wall, a supply line for a toilet Ooh. break just inside the wall, and my residents were overseas for three weeks. And a neighbor called with water running out from underneath the front door. Right. So on a slab house. Wow. Kind of, but, uh, yeah, a lot of water damage, yeah. a lot of hardwood damage and, and that so sort of thing. I, so, so you can add that coverage as an endorsement or a rider or whatever. And I've tossed it to Richard. I, I, I know our prob- yeah. program includes it. It's optional, and it's yeah, it's, it's not so, too terribly expensive either. So, yeah, it, it depends on the program that we're leading with. So, uh, would, uh, yeah, so just in practical terms, so if it's a C-class property, older property, Older sewer lines, we see that in multiple markets, and, and I've heard this across the country. But they're more prone to tree roots intruding, causing sewer backups. Would something, if they opted in on that coverage, would something like that? You're telling me that hundred year covered. old oak in the front yard is going to do some damage? Weeping have seen, willow. Have you seen all those roots? River Man, a cherry tree yeah. will do some damage. Yeah, because yeah, uh, we've had some we've had some large portfolio owners just buy bulk. And we had portfolio number one had so many problems with sewer, uh, with roots specifically, and then some of the, the code enforcement to go back with particular type of product was kind of expensive, right? Yeah. So they've changed how they do their due diligence on the front end. They, they now actually have plumbers come in and run cameras down the lines right, yeah. as yeah. part of the due like diligence rotor, process. Rotor camera. Yeah. Yeah. So they know I've what they're getting into. Roots. Yeah. Personally. Oh, yeah. So, I have to. The yeah, character. They're not fun. Well, kind of to your point, some of those older houses still have, uh, they're not PVC pipe. It's older yeah, pipe it's or clay, clay yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And the roots can go through there. Terracotta, can, that's where it is. Yeah. You know, overweight and that they can implode and crack. And yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. we have one. So prime example was we have one with this investor that had a, we'll call it a $75,000 house. Okay. Uh, they purchased, rent stabilized, whatever. We get into the sewer issue and tree roots throughout the backyard, 111 feet of run. And oh. uh, and basically the job to replace that was nearly $17,000 on a $75,000 house. Wow. Does that not make you want to lose your lunch yeah. right, as the yeah. investor? No. So that due diligence piece is crazy right. important. Right. Now your 1% is gone. <laughs> yeah, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's a good time to, to share the concept of how insurance is more designed for sudden accidental coverage, right? So it's it's not intended to be as a maintenance or warranty product, sure. right. right? So Hence yeah, the comment, it's a transfer of risk. That's right. Or it's so not that preventative price. maintenance, that's it's right. risk management. So the way in a claim like that might be adjusted more than likely is that the, the cost to repair or replace the, the, plum, uh, the plumbing to, the, to tie into the sewer mm-hmm. at the main would probably not be covered because that was slow and sure. uh, progressive decay. But let's say it caused a backup, that backup into your house and whatever sure. damage incurred there would be covered. Okay. So as long as you got the coverage in place. As long as you got the coverage. And that's, yeah. a, that's and an it's optional. So there's your, there's your difference between preventative maintenance is doing your sewer detection, doing your due diligence, right. getting the camera in there, to, understanding yeah. what you've got to deal with here, 
and either fixing that before it becomes an issue. And go ahead and bankroll at that yeah. point. And then go ahead and bankroll. <laughs> and, and then you're away. Yeah, yeah or right. away. Right. And then your risk management yeah. is, if it does happen, it's going to cover the stuff on the inside that, that was a That's sudden right. issue. That's right. So that they got both of those have to work hand in hand. If, if, when you're buying investment property, when you're buying any property, that's how you have to look at everything. It's not just yeah. one. Yeah, you're I've not always going to save that, everything by doing maintenance. That's right. I've always thought the two important due diligence from a maintenance standpoint would be sewer and yeah. the HVAC. Absolutely. Have a certified yeah. HVAC tech come out and certify the systems in good good order, and and, and they can kind of give you uh, you know just a ballpark figure. We know the age of the system, about what the average lifespan of it is. I mean, some of the properties we've seen come in over the years, you get mismatched equipment that's not really compatible. Yeah. It's not working anywhere near its original efficiency. Yeah. So so you run into some risk there. And by hiring a professional to come in and evaluate it, they're going to identify that on the front end. Yeah. An example of HVAC, let's say if you've got HVAC, the equipment, for whatever reason, starts, what do you call it, condensing or sure. whatever. And so somehow water... It, it produces, let's say that unit fails and water thus the, the Let's say, let's say we got a unit in the attic and a right. pan overflows and yep. comes down through the ceiling. Exactly, because that, that right. sounds she like you remember that? I've had that yeah. in my yeah. same yeah. townhouse <laughs> that I've had the uh, terracotta nice. uh, tree root experience. Yeah. But, but so in that scenario, again, so the wear and tear uh, of the HVAC equipment is probably not covered, but the damage to the structure more than likely would be. Okay. Yeah. From the water right. and the condensation the, or whatever. Yeah, yeah and, so, and the preventative for that, water. by the way, is a float switch on the pan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've exactly. done it on all of my properties yeah. after my HVAC guys say, hey, <laughs> just, just put this simple little device on your yeah. pan and it'll shut yeah. the system yeah. off yeah. and thereby yeah. avoid the water spilling out of the pan. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think that it's it's an option. Uh, it depends on the house that you're buying. Yeah. You're asking, you know, if somebody's in a C class property yeah i would say that we highly encourage people to buy it it's less the water sewer and backup if it's not included and someone has to line item you know we we see apprehension because it is a cash flow game to to start to not select additional coverages and that's the game i mean it's up to your risk appetite speaking of cash flow and, and that being the name of the game can we talk about valuation on these properties yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, can, can you explain what that is and, and how that's determined Sure. Do you want to run with it for a second? Yeah, chime in. There, there, there's several, so I was going to talk about this anyway. So what, what we see, too, I'm going to kind of preface it. Okay. You know, again, cash flow, investors, whether they're seasoned or, or somebody startup doing, yeah. it, doing it, a fairly new one, they just want to typically protect what they've got into the house mm-hmm. or, the, or the properties. Yeah, that's true. Which might be, we'll give the example, hey, I bought this house for fifty grand. Hey, Mr. Insurance guys, I just want to insure it for $50,000. Well, that's where we get into the valuation and go, mm-hmm. well, from an insurance standpoint, it's not what you paid for it. It's yeah. not what you could sell it for in the real estate market. It's what it would cost to replace it in today's dollars, material, fuel, you know, labor cost or whatever. So that 50000 you have into it, well, when the underwriters look at it, or we can have some software where we... What we uh, what we call a cost estimator. Okay. That fifty thousand to replace it back in today's dollars might be one hundred and five or eighty five. You know, I, we don't know what sure. the number is going to be. There's a lot yeah. of factors that go into it. So that's a conversation that we've had to have, and especially with newer investors, educate them a little bit, if you will, to say, hey, we can do it for fifty, but it won't be replacement cost because it's underinsured. Okay. So well, or it might be. 
in violation of the coinsurance clause that it's not coinsurance like you used to with your health insurance, right? Mm -hmm. This is not, although in the end of the day, it kind of plays that way because it's a penalty that uh, penalizes you for not having the the dwelling insured up to whatever the percentage it is requiring you to have. Yeah. So let's say uh, 80% coinsurance is probably most common. Right. 80% coinsurance means if you have a $100,000 house, you should have at least $80,000 of coverage for it. Okay. And if you do, then and there's a f- burns down, the adjuster comes in and says, hey, this was a $100,000 house. They deem it that. And then they say you had eighty grand. We're going to pay you the eighty because you were eighty. Per, you you met our requirement of having at least eighty percent of the replacement cost value. Insured. And that's driven by the insurance carrier. That's driven by the carrier, right? Okay. So the policy will dictate if there's a co-insurance clause at all. Uh, it can even use different language where it might call it something a little different or phrase it a little different. But at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a penalty that's applied. What some policies do is is hit you with if you don't meet the 80%, let's say you, you had it insured for 60000 because that's what you paid for it, What instead of them giving you the 60000 because that's only yeah. 60% of the 100000 okay. uh, they'll take the 60000 the amount you did insure it for, divide it by the amount that you should have insured it for, and then that percentage is what they'll okay. give you of your loss, which... And that's what really gets people riled up. They go, hey, I insured it for 60. Yeah. Didn't understand or they weren't explained what the co-insurance penalty, and that's what it is to make sure it's insured properly. Yeah. So they walk away, use a number, but $28,000, and everybody's mad and want to call the yeah. attorneys. Well, I, I, I've seen the guys that are like, hey, if, if I paid 100000 and the lamb was worth fifteen. Land value is always going to be there, so let's insure it for eighty five. Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah. yeah, you hear those guys. And that may be why the carriers kind of let you get away with the twenty percent. You know, they, yeah, they okay. require the eighty. Some will require ninety. Some require a hundred. Because and it's mostly just yeah. the structure. Yeah. But most commonly, you see eighty percent, and then you you'll see actual cash value. Uh, which will take into account depreciation okay. uh, of the asset, and so but what not I always a bad class, thing. I see in C class is that you're not going to take an eighty eighty five thousand dollar house and replace it for anywhere near that. I, oh, you're going to be no. in today's market. I believe here you're going to be probably somewhere in that one thirty to one fifty range. Yes. So. and I was about to say, yeah. like, know in your market, right? Yeah. Know your market because. You know, I, I've talked to a couple of developers or builders here in town about what the right. You can do the cost estimator software. There's a variety of them out there, but they require all this information, and we're all strapped with time and you know energy, and, and you might not have the resources you need to get the information or whatever. You might not want to put that much time into it because you don't even know for sure if you're buying the house or not. But if you want to try and kind of estimate your, your premiums and what you should insure a house for, in Alabama, especially in the Birmingham market. Yeah, Central uh, Alabama. Central Alabama, yeah. You... Really, on the low end, we say $85 a square foot, um, and on the higher end, $125, $150, depending on the fit and finish and materials yeah. and whatnot. But that could be completely different in Memphis or completely different in Indianapolis or other oh, cities it is. You know, around the country. So that's something to, to take into consideration. Will Most investors don't know what to insure it for. I mean, that's what they, they tend to see, hey, either go with what the lender says, you know, just to cover the exposure the lender has, or what they'll they just lean on us. And so That's what I was about to ask. How, how does how does someone new to this 
this industry? How, how does someone new to owning a home and a, a new investor? How do they how do they know? How do they know what that, it needs to be? And that's where their agent comes. Yeah, in. They, they, they wouldn't. That's that, the value. Again, say that example. That they paid sixty five thousand for. It. Sure. In their mind, again, if I, if you weren't an investor, you just want to share it for sixty five. That's what I've got into. Okay. It. But again, like Richard said, hey. It's when you call us. Yeah, that's right. right. Call me. Yeah. Uh, go to our website. Well, it's not know. about the game of driving up your premiums. No. no I mean, yeah. it's, it's about ensuring it's sure. a value. That's right. that's right. So, again, when you, if and when you have a claim, you think I'm going to get what I've got into it, in this case, 65. Again, it should have been insured for this or whatever. You just want to make sure from where we sit, the rubber meets the road with our customers when the claim happens. We can talk and recommend and explain, but... When the claim happens and people are stressed and, and money's involved, that that's that's when the last gets personal. That's the, that's the time you don't want to find out I didn't have enough coverage. Yeah, yep. and it's not just enough coverage; it's also coverage on the right kind of thing. That's right, too. and yeah. worded properly. And we we don't want to overinsure it either, and, and and you're spending too much money. So it's a fine line and a balance. But just having a conversation with their agent, their agency, their risk management firm, whatever they call it, just to, to run some numbers, look at some comps, talk to builders, however you derive it, this should be a good number. Okay. And I'll say on average, 75 to $85 a square foot is kind of the nationwide theme okay. on the low end. Yeah. On the low end. Yeah. And that, that's not just us that see it that way. We see that. From other yeah, well, there's as well. you know there is a uh, there's an appetite for ground up builds now for rentals, yeah. uh, new construction, and uh, that number's lower than the national average for that. So yeah, it, at least what I've been exposed to, it's like I've, trying I've to build. Few, a, I've, I've only seen a handful. Yeah, but you're saying they're scattered, that, but they're they're out there. That they're that so they're building inventory. So when they can't find inventory in a right. city that's oversaturated, it's like take, take Nashville or Atlanta. Yeah, uh, and they're still wanting to invest in those markets. Then there's a lot of people, the not a lot of inventory right. on right. structures, and they're building it. And some some of the model is build a subdivision, sell part of a retail, the other part of it's going right. to be held buy and hold strategy for you know for rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, so you got new construction rental, lower maintenance costs, yeah. obviously all those things. Yeah, you're saying on the the square footage. On average, it's a little lower. Yeah, per, well, I just know that we, we looked at a model here in Birmingham, and yeah. it was hard. It was really hard to get anything accomplished, uh, even in the Birmingham market, at $100 a square foot. Exactly. So That's yeah. right. I mean, I, I, I agree with don't that. feel that $85 a square foot is adequate, but I think it's adequate to meet the 80% requirement. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. right. you. Got gotcha. you. So, so that's, that's just, and that's a good average for somebody yeah. just to think about when they're starting. They're, that's a good base number to that's, have in their head. They're just doing the math. Just take and, that yeah. time to square foot, and that, that'll give them just a rough value to insure it for. If okay. I if it were mine, investment property, I wouldn't go below $100 a square foot. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I agree. And that's that's what I would like these investors to know. I mean, I'd like to yep. I'd like them to know this is the base that you can start with, but also like from someone who's in it and y'all see the issues that happen and right. see see the pitfalls of only doing it for 85. Like that yep. that I want our our listeners. Oh, we've, yeah, we've talked about a lot of pitfalls that could yeah. impact that eighty-five dollar number. That's what I want them to, to to know. All right, I need to plan for eighty-five, but I I really need to. Probably well, need, I need to plan for a budget for a hundred. Yeah, yeah, budget for. What's that? A penny wise, a dollar short? Is that what it is? <laughs> something, yeah, so, yeah, something like that. So yeah, because it's cash flow. So you think, well, if I go with a lower valuation, then I'm going to save. 
dollars on my monthly or annual insurance premium, but then let's say in five years you have one total loss and you come up forty grand short, well all of that cash flow savings was lost and then some. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Well and I know you guys will agree with this, but make sure when you're comparing, make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Mm-hmm. There's so many variations in the policies we've talked about a lot of today, but even deductibles not even aligning, you know. That's right. If you're looking at company A over here at $2,500 and you're looking at company B at $5,000. Well, here toward the end, I mean, we're, we're getting close to an hour. Is there a way to, to kind of break that down for the listener to say, hey, all right, just to make sure that you're comparing apples to instead of having to read every single word, which... I think we all know the canned answer is read every single word. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. Nobody does. No, but, but just some, some bullet points. And, yeah, is there, is and, there yeah. some bullet points and to make sure couple, that they can? Can we couple that with, we touched on it earlier, we really didn't dive into it with any depth, was the master policy. Yeah. And yeah, we can dig into that, kind too. Kind of how that works. And then the I'm bullet points the we're looking policy. at. Yeah. 55 yeah. minutes yeah. means nothing to me. You want me yeah. to give you a few bullet points and then we jump into the master yeah, policy? Yeah, let's do that. So, yeah, Red apples to green apples, you know, sure. right? that's kind of, you know, because if there was yeah. just apples to apples, there'd be one insurance sure. company and everybody buy it from whomever. So look at... I like that analogy. I yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Look, look, at, like, look at the coverage limits. Make sure those are right. Like Brian said, look at the deductible structure. Look at any of, of the... Uh, make sure the liability limits are the same. Okay. We might have a million. Somebody's got 500000 So just look at all the coverages. Look, look at uh, the information you give your agent to, to rate it. I got it. Make sure the square footage you gave uh, Jason is the same as what you gave Richard, 2,500 square feet. You know, make sure you're comparing what went into driving that premium is okay. the same. You, know, you want me to kind of add one thing, too? Because yeah. we're all so busy. Yeah, this is what we do, right? We handle it. That's yeah. actually part of our service that we offer. It's not uncommon that people want to hold their current policy close to chest and not yeah. share any information. But the best thing you could do, because... The listeners aren't licensed agents, so they're not going to even really know or be familiar with comparing policies. So it's better to to share what you either, if you have a policy and you're looking for optional quotes, share that policy with your agent. We recommend find an agent, whether it's us or someone else, ideally us, that, uh, that is specializing in the niche right. so they're familiar with that market. So even yeah. those that want to hold it close, I mean... Don't redact, share the premium. the price points. Yeah, the premium. Yeah, take so, the premium out if you want. But frankly, yeah. if you want to save everybody time, put the premium in there too because why go through a bunch of back and forth on emails if at the end of the day you know if we could have told you, hey, you've right. got a smoking price yeah, or, right. you know. Or so. we know you're not going to move it for $15 uh-huh. a year. Yeah. Right? Right. yeah. Again, people want to do that. Well, I'm gonna, I'll give you everything, but I'm going to black out the premium. Yeah. Find somebody you trust, you have a relationship with them, and that's what we do as part of our – our, our, our white glove service here. We'll take the whole p- policy, compare it to ours, and basically give you an executive summary. That's hey, right. here's the good, here's the bad, here's the ugly. We recommend this. And we'll be the first to tell you, hey, you must have a pretty good relationship or carrier. You need to stay right where you are. Yep. Or here's what we can do for you, and here's why. We'd love to have your business. So that's probably the easiest way. So again, these, these investors, everybody's busy, got kids. They're not in the insurance business. Find somebody you can trust. Give them all the data. And that's one right. thing that goes into the into pricing and again it is losses we don't know too from talking to somebody to what their loss history might okay. be or that property's loss history or whatever sure. so that's kind of a behind the curtain factor that will drive up what everybody's really mostly concerned about is premium yeah, yeah so as we get into as we get into the master policy discussion yeah so 
something that I'm working on with the guys right now is converting a couple of different LLC setups that we have on coverage into master policies. So as we touch upon that, so what I've done in the past is had them farmed out to various insurance agencies, kind of everything we've talked about, built in the liability umbrellas to cover those shortfalls with various companies. And then there's some partners in these LLCs, so it's a little more complicated than just a single sole proprietor going at it or a single member LLC. So so let's dive into the master policy, what's the benefits of it, and kind of talk us through that. Sure. So both the property policy that we've been talking about for the dwelling and the renter's policy, both those programs, the investor program and the renter's program, are both set up as master policy format. So it's basically what you call in our jargon is a reporting form policy. But uh, so there's kind of two ways I can do You can have reporting form or just an annual policy. Uh, Ideally, if you're going to be adding and deleting fairly often throughout the year, uh, then this a master policy is ideal because so, can I pause you there? Yeah, so sure. Two situations. So on the tenant side, as a property manager, we like it because we can add tenants basically per month. That's right. Pull them off if we need to. If somebody breaks a lease and leaves early. Yep. Uh, so that's the benefit there. On the flip side, on the investor, if if they're coming in and they're buying the property turnkey. with the intent of turnkeying it to another investor, yep. then they can insure it and then they can roll it off with yeah, the fix master flips. Yeah. Uh, that's right. right. And so, and just so you know, too, the the program that we lead with uh, most often covers that builder's risk in there too. So when you're doing the renovation, when you're doing the fix, uh, that that element of it's covered as well. But um, one other thing, let me interject too. We didn't touch on this, and then I'll, I'll pitch it back to Richard. Vacancy. Yes. A lot of standard companies, the farmers, the travelers, Thank the whomever, yeah, have a vacancy exclusion. It's in all capital letters on their policy. Or it can be vacant for more than 30 days 60 or, 60 or whatever. Or whatever. What, 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 is that, what does that mean to the uh, owner? So to the owner. If, nobody, if nobody's living in that property... property there is no coverage. If there's a vacancy exclusion, let's say it's vandalized while right. it's vacant, or you'll okay. go, or you'll it's see that it, it drops so- down to where the only coverage is for the the basic primary perils like you know fire, wind, um, right. those kind of things, but wouldn't cover anything related to theft or vandalism yeah. uh, uh, or neglect. I, mean, I, I can tell you a story once yeah. of an uh, investor we had that uh, that actually uh, Joe Joe can tell you the story later, all the details, yeah. but. Uh, the guy would come into town if he had a vacancy that was over 30 days mm-hmm. and live in the property, live in the property <laughs> yeah. for whatever the minimum requirement was. That's smart. And leave. There so, you go. Hey, yeah. It wasn't technically vacant. That's so right. what that means to the investor, sure. the, say the, the new investor, uh, somebody, somebody moves out on July 1st and it sits there. They say they're in a down market or it's tough to get renters and it's vacant for three months. Mm-hmm. In most policies, if something happens, it gets burned to the ground, vandalized, water overflow, yeah. they're going to have zero Wow. Zero. So you need to look yeah. for that in your policy. I'd say that's a pitfall, man. Oh, that's yeah. a big yeah. Good gracious. Yeah. But, but on the flip <laughs> side, that's a tiger pit. That's yeah. a tiger, cobra, that's Indiana Jones, bear. cobra. <laughs> what else can you start banging on? Glass shards? Oh, my God. <laughs> Walking on yeah. f- fire coals, you know. That's just no yeah. fun at all. That's yeah. right. So, I, so I'll pitch it back to Richard. Ours. Does so that's on the front page of every policy, right? It, it, it's well, real big letters. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's it's it, you're screwed. <laughs> page two hundred in the back. Um, so ours does not. 
exclude that. So yeah. there is a it was page one eighty seven earlier. Yeah. So it's yeah, well, it's, it's very bad. Yeah. 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 I'll pitch it back to Richard, but but I just want to touch on that. Uh, that just jumped in. I'm, I'm glad that, that, that could that really come into play. Oh, so I, our, our master program, the, the the main carrier we use, there is no exclusion for vacancy. Okay. Nice, which yeah. is a yeah. huge huge coverage for the the property owner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the benefits of a master policy, let's say, it. it if you're an investor and you're looking to build a portfolio, if you've got one or two properties, you might not need to be on your own independent master policy at that point. Let's talk about that investor. It's got one property in Birmingham, Alabama, and another property in Kansas City, and another one in St. Louis. So right. three properties total. So we got three properties. At that point, and that's what I was kind of going to allude to, is if you're, if you're on pace to go, you know, have two, three, six, on your way to ten, however many, but let's say you got three, you'll basically will build you a master policy there's no minimum premium for it right so that's that's one benefit which a lot of carriers do have we have ones that do have a minimum premiums on them uh the, the so one we like de- to lead let's with define what that is real quick to the yeah i mean so investment. like at minimum you're, doing you're gonna owe for me so well, 2500 bucks or five thousand dollars some are ten uh that to to buy in and have the benefit of a master policy you have to spend at least that much premium a year okay so but with what we've got, it's just a great relationship. It's a great market. And um, that, that, that's not in there. Now, they want to see your growth. They do want to see the goal is to eventually, as we would all hope, you know, have more properties. But, but you're only going to be charged for the properties that you have scheduled on your policy. Okay. And so let's say if January 1, you start your master policy with one property. And then you expand in March and add on property and you know you got one in Birmingham now one in Memphis so you would just go um, there's two ways to handle it they could go through us and we'll log into their their system there because if there's a web-based online portal that you can access 24 7 so we'll do it on their behalf uh, if they prefer not to have to go through that and learn it even though it's a simple system to, to use but we'll go in on the behalf and add the the new property and that premium that new policy is a 12-month policy even though you're three months in to your 12-month master policy. Okay. I'm going to minimize confusion and leave that at that. But um, that, so each policy, don't be confused, is a 12-month policy. So okay. your rate is guaranteed because it's about the rate. So the okay. insurance companies can change their rates, right? And they do that, and you'll see it at each renewal if they do. So a, a, a pitfall of some master policies are the ones that that are stuck to that 12-month period. Right, like you started January 1, you had a property June 1. Right. All of a sudden, the June 1 property is up for renewal. It cut, right, or you add it December 5th, right. and suddenly January you're 1st, renewing it and asking, yeah. your lender's asking for another certificate. Yeah. And all, it's just, right, so these wow. are, yeah. so this master policy, are 12 months. There's so policies. many things that I don't even think about. I know, this blows your mind. Good gracious. Well, this, so this is back to the silo. Yeah. That's right, so each property yeah. stands alone. So each property stands alone. Yeah. You can add them and remove them. Uh, throughout the year, right? So uh, there's instead of having to pay. So a common practice uh, is for these rental properties. If you kind of go off the beaten path and try and find coverage for it, you're going to have to owe the premium for the 12 months up front when you buy them the coverage. Yeah. So the product that we have, you don't have to do that. You can pay monthly, so that you're only incurring the cost as you go um, instead of kind of floating that up front. So that the big benefit is to be able to add and remove quickly and mm-hmm. issue the certificates quickly. That's the key piece of a master policy. And having it not not matter when 
and the, not the properties purchased. That's right. Schedule. I got to buy all my properties in January. So, I'm screwed. That's right. Hey, as you grow, you schedule them on. You schedule them off, yeah. and you're only charged. It's prorated for the months of coverage, or the years, yeah. or days, or whatever it might be. So you're, you're always true enough. Right. So let's right. talk. Let's see. Is, is there uh, in the question that I'll ask because you've got investors of all sizes who might be listening. So let's say you have somebody with twenty five properties. Yep. So is there buying power on the master policy by looking at the twenty five as a portfolio versus twenty five individual houses? Absolutely. They're going to look at twenty five. You know, it, it's the bigger the data, the the, the larger the uh, the risk. We'll call it. Um, you know, you get that economies of scale, right. right? So you're going to get a benefit on your rate. And then, obviously, the grade of the property is going to drive that, too. But, yeah, so if you've got one property versus somebody with 25, the 25 being presented as one unit or one entity, you can see how, from the insurance company's perspective, that's one policy number, yeah, you know, one right. master policy number. So it's less work so for them on the back. So you're sharing X amount of dollars of asset. That's, that's right. They so they're looking at what they look at. They call it TIV, or total insured value. Okay. okay. Um, and that they're just... If you're in an Excel spreadsheet, you take the insured value column and just sum total it, and uh, and then sum total the loss of rents column and yeah. add those together, and that's what they're paying attention to. So, so, so it, much better than having 25 individual properties. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You well, plus you talked about, we've talked about diversifying yeah. the portfolio, we, too. So, so if you've got a mix of C, Diversify your portfolio, but C, not your insurance. Yeah, so your portholio. Right. So your, your C's and B's and A all intermixed. That's right. That's going to be beneficial to you. That's exactly that's right. Yeah. You can make a... a, a a hard-to-place D property look attractive if it's surrounded or insulated. Yeah, take by those, take those green apples we were talking about right. earlier, and you get some that are a little more fresh than that's the right. other ones. So yeah, well, make some make some quasi's in there. Yeah, the insurance company recall, refers to that as the the law of large numbers. Yeah, like right. Richard said, if I have a larger pool of properties, the twenty-five or two hundred and fifty, as opposed mm-hmm. to two, the underwriting is a little less restrictive, yeah, or they're more willing flexible. to take. A couple of yellow apples with a bunch of green and red okay. because it's right. it's a broader spread of risk. They're getting more premium, right? So it, like it, it works in your apples. favor too. I do. Yeah. I like yellow apples. Yeah, me too. Golden delicious. <laughs> so uh, one other thing on the master policy side, let's say uh, it's not uncommon that you might see multiple investors commingling, right? Like uh, uh, not in a negative way commingling. That sounds like a conspiracy or something but uh yeah we're like together no uh, not. no right I, that's what made me go oh we don't talk we don't say coming uh but uh you know a variety of different partnerships might be formed master policies can't you there is the ability to to have different investment groups in one policy like the different llcs we talked about that's with right. the different percentages whatnot but and that's my understanding, as long as, yeah, as long as there's a insurable interest of at least one of the members Kind of cross flowing between technically fifty one percent, unless it's a fifty fifty scenario, right. and then it's fifty. Be common ownership or yeah. common thread. Okay. And so let's say, and I'll say, share this because it's very specific to uh, individual new oncoming investors. Is you know I've heard it a couple times now uh, or more about my wife, right? So is my wife covered, right? Or uh, you know is is how does if she owns one and I own another, can we combine them onto the same policy? And uh, it's the fun, the interesting part is, I mean, at the end of the day, there is some art to it, and it's up to the underwriters at the end of the day what they're willing to do. Um, but um, from our perspective, we we the answer is yes. So, and that's a nice thing because yeah. we know some will find will get 
a total opposite answer from other carriers and other agencies. So um, we've got a couple. Know. We've got a couple examples where we've had husband owns two or three, yeah. wife owns two or three, and then they have an LLC that owns seven or eight. That's right. So we've had, but again, we, it was all a part of and attached yeah. to, and they were married. And we were able to stuff together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We were able to yeah. combine it all because they're, they're husband and wife, and there's common ownership in the LLC that they both own fifty fifty, and it was fine. That's right. Just had a discussion um, about it. Blown your mind yet, man? Blown. It's blown. Yeah. Is there? Is, <laughs> this has been a. Gr- this has been great, man. I've learned a couple I agree. things. Oh, my, I've learned so much, and explosions it, are still insurance is not real sexy, It's only. Hey, when you're not in it every day, it, it can be a little sexy. Well, it's. I think, yeah, yeah, all right. I think listening to this, listening to this podcast, it's. Yeah, it might not be sexy to talk about it for an hour and twenty minutes. I think it's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. But but if, if someone's listening to this, I think the biggest key issues is like, this is why this is important. Here's some here's some things that you need to think about. And and an investor needs to know these they need to hear this information because that's how they base what's gonna make them money, what's not gonna make them money. Should I that's buy right. this property? Should I not? I mean, come on. Like is Let's, is there anything else you want to let anybody know before we we well, gotta shut I, it down I, pretty soon. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a kind of a big thing. It, okay, it doesn't have to be huge, but it's definitely something we want to discuss for a minute or two. So the the piece, the other piece of contractors and general liability yeah. coverage and workers' comp, okay, and why those things are important, and why as a property management firm we actually require that our vendors that do any work on our property yeah. have certain limits of coverage in both of those spectrums. So I'd like to kind of address that with yeah. you and then from the individual uh, investor, why that's important to them, and why not just shop for the guy that do, does the work for the least amount of money. Well, yeah, that's great if you want to save money, but to, to, to use some insurance lingo, that contractual risk transfer, anybody that's coming on your property, onto your business, whatever, to do work, fix the HVAC unit or clean the carpets or whatever, we want everybody to be responsible for whatever their job is or whatever they're hired to do. So, yeah, and we've talked to you all about it. Certain limits, you, you always need to make sure that they're, they being the contractor or whatever, covering themselves, whether it be workers' comp for their employees if they get injured on a job. The, the general liability, even though they're working on your property, they need to make sure they're covering themselves. Autos, the whole nine yards. So what, what, what you... What you're accomplishing with that is their insurance takes the primary position. So if they're they've got general liability, automobile liability, workers comp, the whole nine yards, they sit in in the in the top spot. If theirs gets canceled because they forgot to pay or their limits are lower than you really like to adhere your your vendors to, but but you know them and trust them, whatever whatever. If theirs gets maxed out, then yours kicks in in the secondary position. But again, you've still separated yourself from. Yeah, we talked about layers earlier. Layer, so whoever, layer. whoever's <laughs> doing work for you, performing work for you, coming on your property, fixing things or whatever. And then we can help people and recommend limits and certain things. We do. A, we, we review a lot of contracts and we tell all, all of our clients before you sign any kind of contract, please send us the paragraphs or the page about the insurance because most people. They'll sign it because there's 10 other people in line that will sign it if they don't do it, they won't get the job. We get that. But we need to make sure from a risk management standpoint that what you're signing dovetails with what the policy sure. says. Because a lot of times you'll sign it and then we'll come back and go, hey, you you didn't know this because you're not in the insurance business, but you've got one, two, three, but X, Y, Z, you don't have. And, and worst case scenario, yeah. that's going to cost you five grand. And, they, you know, we don't need to have that discussion. So, again, 
reviewing things, separating the risk, just better protects everybody. Yeah. And so that goes to our investors that, that aren't necessarily dealing with us. If you're dealing with us, we're our general contractors. Yeah, we're, are have we're that. safeguarding that for so, you. So, but it's it's to let investors know when you're when you are using any property manager. That's just a good question we're to doing ask. It, or, or doing it yourself. Or yeah. doing yeah. it yourself. Even, even if you're hiring people, hey, just just yeah. hey, I'm, it's I'm screening. I'm a new investor. I'm talking to somebody. Hey, I'd like to get a copy of your insurance or your bonding or whatever. I mean, just do your due diligence. Yeah, we on require whomever. It. I mean, we we. We call that a vetting process where it's sure. basically an interview process. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have this, this, and this in yeah. order to do business with right. So, But if you're a smaller investor, you, you may not have done that. Just make sure license bonded insured. I mean, it's kind of the sure. yeah. You see that on work trucks that yeah. drive by and the whole well, thing. Well, and to the point with you guys is that we've interviewed some contractors that have not had that coverage That's in right. place, and we've sent them straight down to you. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the same thing. I would encourage downstairs. anybody right. listen to this podcast, hey, if you're in a, si- a similar situation, Call us. Call if you're a general yeah. contractor get with, that get in that touch with big is doing Birmingham uh, Insurance Group, yeah, doing fix and flips. There's there's a lot of general contractors yeah. that do this on their own. Yeah. They own the properties, so. and there's a lot That's of right. investors that are buying sure. and they're working with a general Absolutely. contractor, and they're doing a few of these right. a year. And hey, if they want to continue working with this this contractor, they need to make yeah. sure that they're covered. And yeah. yeah, you were talking about take uh, takeaways, yeah. but anything at the end of the day, uh, especially for someone just getting into it. Key is picking the right broker agent who's looking out for you because you're not going to know it all. That's not possible. We don't know it all either, but we know a lot more. And so, you know, picking somebody that, that whether it's through reputation and word of mouth that you know is mm-hmm. trustworthy and does a good job or yeah. you like how we sound here, uh, whatever. But, I mean, you know, you want to pick the right agent who knows your industry and specializes in it and just like picking the right property manager if I had to right. guess. Right, I think it's preparing for positive cash flow because as we talked about in an earlier episode, the the purchase and basically preparing to avoid pitfalls That's is right. very important on the front end. That's right. But a very important piece of that also is the property management piece and managing the tenancies and the mm-hmm. vacancies and the renting and cash right. flow from that capacity. So you can do all the other stuff right, really not do a, a great job with managing and, and managing vacancy and tenant risk and then all of a sudden you've got you know you've got no rental income yeah. coming in. That's right. So or you you've got high turn cost. Or, yeah, And hey, one last little fun so tip. I think that everybody deserves because we get this question. Doesn't matter what kind of insurance it is. Is this covered or should I file this claim? Right. And there's a lot of apprehension. Yeah. Oh, should I file the claim or not? Is it going to impact my rates? You know, if it's not covered. At the end of the day, if it's not covered, then it's not going to hurt your rates. So. File the claim. Okay. If you're worried, especially if it's if it makes a difference to you on the bottom line. I will tell you. Uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a little story with that. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. So I It'll had a little story on, on my personal property. I had two zero dollar claims that were not. We reported them as claims. Yeah. So one was a roof. Okay. The other one was uh, a lightning strike across the street, created some damage. We decided to pay for it out of pocket so we wouldn't have a claim. Yeah. So. Mainline carrier, and they were $0 claims. And at the end of the day, they said, guess what? We're going to cancel you because you have history. When I did have that third and a real claim, which is really, in my mind, wow. a single yeah. claim, right. they ended up canceling us after paying right. out the phone. Well, yeah. that's where the agent should step up, I yeah. mean, frankly. Yeah, well, needs right. to say I don't do business with them anymore. Yeah, so. I was going to say, no. that should not be and Had the I case. known that on the front end. In, right, mo- in most play- <laughs> cases, if, if they open up a claim and $0 or paid out it's a no harm no foul kind that's of thing. right yeah. that that may have been and, an and unusual situation any personal lines is different than business and commercial and investment properties and that sort of thing i mean maybe they got out there and the adjuster noticed some 
flagrant neglect, not in your experience, <laughs> but you know that they may have like come back and whispered to the underwriter. But you know that's that's not the case. I mean, it's yeah. it should you know at the end of the day, if guys you, cooking if you, turkeys in the basement. Man. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Frying turkey. Yeah, that's that's it. use your insurance. So I guess what I'm getting at, especially you know in the beginning, because that's probably when you're most bull in the backyard with. A, Kids jumping on the trampoline yeah, and all kinds of good stuff hey, going on. Is, we're, we're, we don't have to open that whole camp, but there, pay attention to your policies too. Mm-hmm. Certain animals, breeds are excluded. Trampolines yeah, are right. excluded. Certain, yeah, yeah. You know. From a management standpoint, the crazy thing is, man, if they're an emotional support animal. Brian, we can't get into yeah, that. Yeah, I know that. I know. We need to do it. We need to have an episode on we that. We don't have time right now. Uh, no, I, and I have the perfect, <laughs> I have the perfect guest for that. Guest speaker, I'll, I'm going to talk Good. about it later. We're going to bring them on. That, exactly that's going to be about. huge. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. But, uh, yeah, so the average landlord thinks, oh, why don't I take that? Yeah, if it's, dude, if it's just short and sweet, if it's a service animal for emotional <laughs> support, you got to take them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Jason, any closing remarks yeah. from you before we talk about service animals for two more hours? No. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just going to throw out... Um, how people can get a hold of us. We, uh, we're big on technology, whether it be how we, we inter- interact with our clients, they communicate with us, uh, how we manage and service our clients, and we're constantly updating the website. That's probably the easiest way for somebody to get a hold of us, communicate with us, see what kind of new products and offerings and programs we might have. It's just BHAM, B-H-A-M-I-N-S group. Dot com stands for Birmingham Insurance Group, as, as you would imagine. Beham, I-N-S group dot com. All right. So do you have a like a contact us form or anything on there? Or? Yeah, okay. we do. Yeah, it's right at the top of the page. Phone Sweet. numbers are on there. And then there's a special section and uh, landing page for our real estate practice group, which will be most beneficial for <clears throat> this audience here, you know, the people listening and that sort of thing. So You can download, yeah. courtesy of Jason, he's a <laughs> webmaster on the side. I've but, uh, seen his. You can, yeah, uh, there's a link in there. So if you're listening, you go, oh, man, let's see what these guys can do for us. There's a link where you can go download the little Excel spreadsheet. Fill in at least the property address, and uh, just at least the property address. We can yeah. work with it. Yeah, from I was going to say the one thing I, I really like about what you guys do is that the amount of information you collect on the front end is very minimal compared to some of these it's other providers. Extremely minimal. Well, that's, that's one like, thing I'm very proud of. That's a huge it. benefit for us from an underwriting standpoint with the relationship we've got with the carrier. Is is right. it streamlined the whole problem? We're not having to get pictures and this, that, and yeah, the other. So it is just minimal. Fast. Don't even need yeah. to know the year built. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, so it's like of, it's like Jimmy John's man. It's freaky fast. It is freaky fast. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah. So, so kind of what Richard said, how you can go to the website, go to the landing page for the real estate practice group, and and, and actually download our spreadsheet, fill it in, send it back. There's a, a, a email address on there, and it'll come straight to us. Well, guys, well, I, yeah, we can't can't thank you guys enough for being on the show, Absolutely. and uh, man, this has been a great episode. Yeah, it has. Uh, we we appreciate you guys, and we can't yeah, force them enough. Man, they are, yeah, thanks, so. thanks for having us. <laughs> uh, no, we appreciate that. So it's fun, right. guys. Thank y'all so much. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Hey guys, Brian and Jonathan here. Today we want to tell you about one of our sister companies, the Birmingham Insurance Group. We all know to maximize cash flow and ROI, investors and property managers need an insurance broker who knows their business. Birmingham Insurance Group, a.k.a. BIG, does just that. They specialize in the single-family residential rental market with customized products that really check all the boxes and they're at affordable rates. They have 24-7 online access where you can pay your bill, add or remove properties, issue certificates, 
And best of all, everything is on your schedule. Don't worry. They do business in all 50 states, so reach out to Richard Davis and the team to see what Big can do for you. Call them today at 205-616-1107 or online at bhaminsgroup.com. The songs Lobby Time, Retro Future Clean, and Rocket Power were created by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Visit creativecommons.org licenses by 3.0 on the web.